Welcome to Political Beatdown. I'm Ben Micellis, joined by Michael Cohen. We've got a lot to discuss, whether it's Giuliani declaring bankruptcy, the Colorado Supreme Court issuing an order disqualifying uh, Donald Trump from the ballot there, uh, special counsel Jack Smith firing back to the United States Supreme Court after Donald Trump very unsurprisingly said haste makes waste and asks for delay on the issue of absolute presidential immunity. We'll get to all of that. But first, let's just start off. Michael Cohen, I haven't really checked in on all of the developments in your various legal cases and what's going on with you. So I figure what's going on in the world of Michael Cohen? Can we break any news right here at the beginning of this political beatdown? Well, something that really is not being discussed too much at the present moment is the motion to quash. Uh, there were seven different, I mean, buckets of material that they wanted, overbroad, nonsensical. Like, for example, they wanted all of my tax returns. Could you imagine? This is for Donald Trump's defense in the Manhattan District Attorney case. Get a load of this. He wants all of my tax returns from like 2017 on. I mean, if you want to ask me, have I paid all my taxes? Yes. Have you, if you want to ask me, were they paid on time without extension, as I have always done, except in 2017 when this shit came down? Yes. Right. But he wants copies of my tax returns. This is the same guy who went to the Supreme Court in order to stop anyone from seeing his tax returns. I just find it comical. But they basically knocked out four of those and they limited drastically the items uh, on the remaining three in terms of what I have to give. The funniest thing is two of the three, all the information is either in their possession or already readily available on the internet, like all of the checks to Stormy Daniels. So uh, from the Stormy Daniels payment. So not worried about that. Uh, other than that, you know, there's uh, obviously, you know, prep will eventually start soon in the um, Manhattan District Attorney's case, especially if it's determined that the January 6th, uh, the Tanya Chutkin um, case ends up being delayed because of the uh, appeal that Donald Trump has filed there. And then right now, uh, it's kind of um, just status quo on everything else. I have a request in for early termination of supervised release. A couple of things got a little fucked up there. I mean, I think personally, this whole thing has gotten completely out of control over a mistaken citation, but we'll see what the judge, you know, does or says about that. But, you know, right now, life is kind of like for everybody because we're getting close to the holidays. Everybody disappears. Everybody is quiet. Businesses are shut down. People are saying, you know what? It's been such a rough year. I'm going to take an extra bunch of days and I'm going to, instead of spending, say, 10 days, uh, New Year's uh, through the holidays, I'm going to take like 20 days. And so everything right now is, um, for the most part, shut down. Well, we're not shut down here on the Midas Touch Network. No, we we're are not, not shut down here on the political beatdown. And uh, look, we're going to keep giving you updates because the news does not stop just because there are the holidays, especially when it comes to 
all of the uh, cases involving Donald Trump, the criminal cases, the civil cases. And, you know, a, a lot of this is Donald Trump's own making. Captain Chaos. The chaos, but, you know, specifically not just the underlying crimes he committed, but then doing everything in his power to try to delay these proceedings. And Michael Cohen, if there was ultimately an immunity that you believe existed, that 100% vindicates you, or even 50% vindicates you, or you would call it a slam dunk immunity, you would be doing anything in your power to get that immunity claim heard as soon as you can. And Donald Trump's lawyers at the very beginning when these indictments started dropping, you take a look at the Washington, D.C. indictment, you look at what John Loro was saying, you look at what Alina Haba was saying. They said, we have a one, we 100% absolute presidential immunity defense right here. We look forward to asserting it. So this past week, Alina Haba also said, we want the Supreme Court to hear the absolute presidential immunity. We played it here on Political Beatdown and was specifically what she said. Well, and this is what you and I said too on the last show, we know that when Donald Trump's brief would be due December 20th, he's going to argue for delay, that the Supreme Court should not hear the issue of absolute presidential immunity where special counsel Jack Smith is asking that they hear. Sure enough, Donald Trump, through his lawyers, say, quote, haste makes waste. And just so everybody knows, the Supreme Court composition is six right-wing justices, three of whom Donald Trump appointed, and three justices appointed by Democratic administrations. So Donald Trump would have an ability, if he says, we want new Supreme Court to hear certiorari, which means oral argument, to have a six to three court Three of the justices whom he appointed, the other three are Alito, Roberts, and Thomas, who in many ways, other than Roberts, are more right-wing than even the justices who he appointed, rule on the issue of absolute presidential immunity, yet Donald Trump's brief says, no, we want to wait for the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. It's just like, you don't need to know anything other than even that in terms of like, how cowardly he is and how he feels about these issues. So you called it, Cohen, but there he did. He filed against But, you know, I'm going to say something else that I think every one of the brigaders here are thinking as I am. Could you imagine, Ben, and when you give the analysis, you're you're so spot on. You're like the professor, right, that – you know, that you are the law school professor, everything becomes detailed and you specifically walk through each and every inch of the, you know, of the tape measure. I have a little bit of a different issue here. The the fact that you have to remind us that Donald Trump appointed three of these Supreme Court members, one, right, the, uh, you know, by, uh, obviously by, um, by Joe Biden and, you know, and then the other three who are far more uh, right wing than even the three that Trump appointed, et cetera. The way I see it, the Supreme Court's not supposed to be partisan. They're supposed to look at the issue, not in partisan um, with partisan eyes, but rather they're supposed to be looking at this 
in how does this impact America? How does it impact American lives? All predicated on the Constitution of the United States of America. Anything shy of that makes them partisan, and they should not be on the Supreme Court. It doesn't matter that Donald Trump... Now, look, they can have their opinion on something, and everybody has an opinion. However, you need to put that opinion aside, and you need to base what your decision is going to be, again, in the eyes of how the forefathers of this country, while drafting the Constitution, would have looked at it. Um, and if, of course, because we have so many new issues that they never could have possibly contemplated, like, for example, a weapon of mass destruction, an AR-15, you know, in the hands of anybody that wants one, that doesn't just kill you, but it basically annihilates your body. It is a weapon of war in the hands of people or fully automatic bump stocks or what have you. They should be looking at this again, societal benefit with an underlying belief that this is what the framers would have wanted predicated on the constitution. And the fact that we don't see it that way or the way that the news is um, describing and discussing this, I think it's a very, very sad commentary on all of us. I think it is as well. And you think about just so everybody knows the the court, right? The six right-wing Supreme Court justices. You had Clarence Thomas, a George H.W. Bush appointee. You've got Alito, a George W. Bush appointee. You've got uh, John Roberts, a George W. Bush appointee. So those are three. And Roberts is considered a little more moderate right-wing traditional mm -hmm. Republican. Alito is very far out there. And then in terms of the, the Trump appointed justice, you've got uh, Kavanaugh, you've got Gorsuch, and then you got Amy Coney Barrett. Amy Coney and Barrett, so that's huh? your six right there. And then Seven, your three Democratic appointees. You've got Ketanji Brown-Jackson Biden, Sotomayor. Um, and Kagan, Sotomayor and Kagan were Obama appointees, and that's currently the composition of the court. So if you're Donald Trump, though, and you believe you're going to, if you have an absolute presidential immunity defense, you go, let's get that there as quick as we can be. I want to prove to everybody how, how right I am. And you have a court that's stacked in theory, to be beneficial to you. In but theory, I think though, it goes back to what I just said. We shouldn't even be discussing the fact that, you know, he appointed three and then there were three yeah. from, you know, from Bush. That should be irrelevant. It should be, because this is a precedented case. We've never had anything like this. And chances are, God willing, when he loses in 2024, we'll never have an issue like this ever again. But that's the part that they have to take into consideration. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. So that's what's so also special counsel Jack Smith fired back. He he said, what are we talking about? This is something the Supreme Court can clearly um hear on a direct appeal. Uh, even if the DC Circuit Court of Appeals has set expedited briefing where oral argument will be held January 9th um, before the DC Circuit on the issue of absolute presidential immunity. All briefing will be done by January 2nd. Special counsel Jack Smith is saying, look, Supreme Court, this is an issue of serious constitutional import. 
seems that Trump would agree with that. So why are we wasting time here? Oh, it's because Trump wants to delay, delay, and delay everything. And by the way, we see that in the Southern District of Florida as well, where Judge Eileen Cannon has set this May 20th, 2024 trial date. Yep. Nobody believes that that's a real trial date because she has not set the deadlines that you would need to set in a classified information case, like a SEPA Section 5 deadline, which involves the defendant's disclosure of classified documents mm -hmm. they want to use at trial. So special counsel Jack Smith's been doing things like he filed this week a motion for uh, putting out the jury questionnaire. So, okay, if there's a trial in May, get the jury questionnaire process started. That has to happen at a certain date. What does Donald Trump do today? Files an opposition to the motion to put out the jury questionnaire and then says that and says to Judge Cannon that Judge Cannon should admonish special counsel Jack Smith's team about <laughs> filing other documents other than that what's within her scheduling order. But Jack Smith did that on purpose. He wants to smoke out the delay tactics because Jack Smith wants that D.C. case to go first. And he's trying to basically show that it's all a ruse in the Southern District of Florida. Yeah. Look, he doesn't have to smoke it out. He should just call me on my cell phone and I'll tell him exactly how Trump will end up looking to delay it. You know, the problem that you have when it comes to these delay tactics is they don't work, right? Eventually. And again, you take somebody like Jack Smith, you take somebody like Michael Cohen with the help of Danya Perry and my other attorney there, Ben Brodsky in Florida. Think about what was going on here. The guy who's suing me in the Southern District of Miami for $500 million. You, my brigaders, all know what I'm referring to. So he sues me for $500 million. And we turn around and we automatically file the request for his deposition, right? Because discovery is obviously needed in order to lay my defense. Well, he's okay, shoulders up, chest out, big fucking belly out too, the whole nine yards, diapers on, and I'm ready to rock and roll. So now he goes ahead and, you know, he plays tough guy. Yeah, wait till we get him. Of course I'm going to be deposed and so on. And then they delay it. Okay, we give it its proper time, three, four, five days uh, as the court required. Then you go ahead, you file your papers. And then, of course, they file, oh, you know, uh, opposition papers that he can't. He has X, Y, and Z going on. And the judge says, you know what? I'll grant you this one time off. But here's the date that you're going to be deposed, come hell or high water. And then what happens? He drops the case. Donald will be a tough guy up until the point that the shit is on his doorstep. And right now with Jack Smith, he knows exactly how to play this game. He knows he's been playing this game a whole lot longer and a whole lot better than Haba, than Chris Kais, than, you know, uh, you know, Cliff Robert or any of the other D-team lawyers that Donald currently has working on this. So they'll play their initial games, and yeah, they'll get away with the delay. Ben, you could get away with that delay. So could any of the brigaders. Anybody who would go ahead and file that motion would, would get, you know, exactly the same thing that Donald is getting. No special attention there. What will ultimately happen is Jack Smith will do 
as a good lawyer will, he will push the case and he will push the issue further and further until ultimately there's a decision. Will it be a month? Probably more. Will it be two months? Yeah, you know, more than that too, I'm sure. Three months, four months? Yeah, that sounds right. And the next thing, what happens? Now Trump is in panic mode. He's in total panic mode. We see that time and time again. You see, in Donald's mind, when you have an issue that's scheduled for four months, five months, six months from now, for him, that's eternity. Why? Because he has so many issues right now, tomorrow, the day after, next week, next month, that take precedent because it's happening much sooner. He's not even thinking about what's four, five, six months down the road. He's thinking what's coming on Monday and next Thursday and next Friday. That's what he's thinking about. You know, he's been born with the golden spoon in his mouth his whole life. He's been able to use his resources to just delay, delay everything and then declare bankruptcies, screw over people. And you think about the kind of decision matrix, although I don't even want to use a a, a big vocabulary when referring to anything Donald Trump does, but we'll call it a decision matrix to how he goes about litigation, which kind of follows a pattern of like denial and attack and then delay, 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 and then attack, you know, somebody else, blame somebody else. Um, Inevitably, when a bad outcome happens for Trump, then he tries to shift the blame to somebody else. And then have his followers get angry at someone, right? But you think about that same framework is kind of how he does everything in life, not just kind of litigation. You apply that same decision-making matrix to something like COVID, for example, or something like, um, you know, immigration, anything it is. And it's basically deny the situation, delay it, act like nothing is happening. And then when whatever it is happens, blame somebody for it. Blame the judge, blame Dr. Fauci, blame some expert. And if you addressed it responsibly from the outset and confronted the situation, that's what leadership is about, like actually dealing with it. I know that's difficult to do, but dealing with it. And and now that Donald Trump has come face to face with Mm -hmm. the judiciary and a a team of lawyers and prosecutors across the country who have studied and know his tactics and push back against it. He's, he's losing his mind even more than ever. I don't know if you saw this Cohen, this is him in Waterloo, Iowa. And we put together some of the things that he's just been saying and let's play the clip. And then I want to get your reaction to it. Let's play it. The only reason I corrected is I'll say he didn't know his name. He didn't know his name. He must be cognitive. Don't forget, I do most of this stuff without teleprompters. They do. Biden. Drill, drill. It's crazy what's going on. They're ruining our country. And it's true. They're destroying the blood of our country. That's what they're doing. They're destroying our country. They don't like it when I said that. And I never read Mein Kampf. They said, oh, Hitler said that in a much different way. No, they're coming from all over the world, people all over the world. We have no idea. They could be healthy. They could be very unhealthy. They could bring in disease that's going to catch on in our country, but they do bring in crime. But they have them coming from all over the world. 
And I heard somebody today say, hey, one of these genius analysts, the stock market's good, the rich get richer, but the stock market's good because they think Trump is going to win the election. And I believe that's true. And whatever good they have right now is the fumes of what we left them. It's coming off the fumes of what we've left them. But the stock market is good because a lot of people think we're going to win the election. So that's an interesting, uh, an interesting fact. I felt that, but I didn't want to say it. But I think we will say it. Well, the stock market is making rich people richer. Ben, and, and I mean, it's crazy what's going on. Rich people are getting richer. Of course, I'm a politician now, so we just keep chugging along, right? But it's making, but you're going to have a crash, the likes of which you haven't seen because of what they're doing. It's going to be scary. Could you imagine, Michael no. Cohen, if <laughs> just no. let me get your reaction to it? <laughs> I, I mean, if you're not doing the same thing that I'm shaking yet. So it's amazing when the stock market wasn't doing well. He's out there saying it's because of Joe Biden. It's because of Bidenomics. Everything is falling apart. When I was the president, the stock market was going like this, like this to the moon. It was it was straight up. It was like an arrow straight up. I mean, those are his words. And okay, things corrected. Things corrected as a result of binomics. And now the stock market is at an all-time high. Right. By the way, oil drilling in the United States, that's another all-time high too. Unemployment, that's the opposite. That's an all-time low. I mean, it's amazing. He takes credit where credit is not, of course, due. He says things that are completely made up. Right. The stock market is right now on fire because people think that Donald Trump is going to be the president. Talk about a narcissistic sociopath, a complete mental breakdown of a human being sitting. The fact that you could even think, yes, and by the way, Donald, Here's something else I want you to use in your next stupid rally that looks more like a Klan meeting than anything else. Ready for this one, Donald? The sun rose today because you awoke. And because you're ready for sleepy, right? You put on your depends. You put your diapers over it, right? You put, you put your, you put your uh, pajamas onto it. You got your little pacifier in the mouth. And because you, Donald, are ready to go Betty by the moon, the moon and the sunset and the moon came out. It's all thanks to you, right? The sun rises, right? The sun sets, the moon rises, the moon sets to the same extent that you rise and you set each and every day. So on behalf of everyone in the world, we all want to thank you. And this is only happening because you right, are leading the GOP nomination, and that in your opinion, that you're probably going to be the 47th president of the United States and the dictator of America forever and ever. I just want you to use that in your next rally, you idiot. As I talk about the 2024 election, I've described it as democracy over dictatorship, normalcy over chaos, and that that's what's on the ballot. But uh, I think there's there there there's some deeper and perhaps slightly more kind of intellectual framing that's not necessarily meant for uh, like a slogan, but I think it's just an important thing, and that's the following: that President Biden and the Democratic Party is guided by a set of principles, 
and a clear set of principles when it comes to the economy, that it's bottom up, middle out, that it's focus on the workers, when it comes to their view on health care and how to lower prescription drug prices. You know where they stand when it comes to Social Security. You know where Democrats stand when it comes to unions. You know where Democrats stand when, and, and President Biden, you know where they stand when it comes to jobs and having wages with dignity, not just a living wage. You know where Democrats stand on the issue of, of education. You know where President Biden stands. They're guided by a set of principles. And there was once a time where the Republican Party was guided at least by some set of principles where we could have a discussion and, and debate those, where they would say, here's our approach to the economy. Here's why we think that you need to privatize everything. Here's why we're focusing on th these groups of people. Here's why we're you know, you know, know, doing this. But there is no principles anymore. Like when you watch what Donald Trump is just, it's just spewing, you know, word salad or, or, or word vomit of, 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 whatever his insecurities are, the malignant narcissism. It, he wears his pathology on his sleeve and, and, and just spews it at these hate rallies that you wonder, what the heck are we even watching right there? I, I want to still talk a little bit more what happened in Waterloo, but then I, which is in Iowa, and then I want to talk a little bit about as well Giuliani's declaring bankruptcy. I want to talk about this Colorado Supreme Court uh, decision um, uh, disqualifying Donald Trump and Trump's response by posting photographs of these justices with their names and addresses and the whole MAGA army attacking these Colorado Supreme Court justices. I mean, that's where we're at in this country. It's just a fascist movement. They just threaten everybody. We'll talk about all of that and more when we come back from this quick break. Happy holidays from our friends at Manscaped. The holidays are approaching, but what if I told you that the celebrations are starting early this year? It turns out the perfect gift does exist. And who else to bring it down your chimney than the leaders in the blow the waist grooming? Keep calm and let your family jewels jingle this season with Manscaped's brand new Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, featuring the new Lawn Mower 5.0. Watch all your wishes and mistletoe kisses come true. Look nice when you're going naughty by going to manscaped.com and use code BEAT for 20% off plus free shipping. Unwrap the gift of smoothness this season with Manscaped. The Lawn Mower 5.0 Ultra is an incredible device. It's a smooth shave that's totally boosted my confidence in a way that I never thought possible. Manscaped's Performance Package 5.0 Ultra is the ultimate bundle for the man who deserves it all. Included in the special sack is the Lawn Mower 5.0 Ultra, the Weed Whacker 2.0 Ear and Nose Trimmer, Manscaped's Liquid Formulations, and two free gifts! Starting with Santa's number one helper, we have the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. The fifth generation trimmer features two next gen blade heads, a standard trim blade for taking a little off the top and a new foil blade to go for that smooth finish wherever your heart desires. The Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra body trimmer and the Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and ear hair trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin safe technology to protect your delicate presence. Plus, both are waterproof, so there's no issue clearing the snow out of your driveway. The Crop Soother Aftershave Lotion and the Crop Preserver Anti-Chafe Deodorant make sure that you're smelling fresh. The gift of Manscaped doesn't stop there. This bundle comes with two free gifts, Manscaped's Boxers 2.0 Premium Underwear and the Shed 2.0 Toiletry Bag. Once you're done shaping up, it's only right to put your pants presents in the best boxers around, the Boxers 2.0. These are seriously the best boxers I've ever worn. 
corn. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BEAT at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped and use code BEAT. Manscaped, get your family jewels ready for the holidays. Heart health and staying healthy, especially when you have a family that you want to be able to spend as much time with as possible is so important. We could all benefit from heart healthy energy. One of the best ways to get some by supporting your blood pressure and circulation. Super Beats Heart Chews are an easy and convenient way to support healthy blood pressure. They're plant-based and stimulant-free, so you get a green boost without the jitters. Paired with a healthy lifestyle, the antioxidants in Super Beats are clinically shown to be nearly two times more effective effective at promoting normal blood pressure than a healthy lifestyle alone. Super Beats Heart Shoes are incredibly delicious and so much better than any alternative supplements out there. I take my Super Beat Heart Shoes each morning and it's really kickstarted my morning routine. After taking my Super Beats Heart Shoes, I feel like I have more energy and I'm ready to take on the day. Super Beats is the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beat brand for cardiovascular health support. It's blood pressure support you can trust. Super Beats Heart Shoes supports healthy circulation, so you not only get blood pressure support, you also get productive, heart-healthy energy without the crash. Double your potential with Super Beats Heart Shoes. Get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Shoes and a free full-size bag of turmeric chews valued at $25 by going to beatdownbeats.com. Get this exclusive offer only at beatdownbeats.com, spelled B-E-A-T-D-O-W-N-B-E-E-T-S.com. Have a great day. We're back right now on political beatdown before you know, ben, getting into what's up. Yeah, before getting into something, I, I want to turn around. There's somebody who I think needs to actually be acknowledged with the two thumbs up, not the two fingers. Oh, the two thumbs the two up. Thumbs up for this one, too. We're going to do both. Robert De Niro. I don't know if people saw what was going on. Obviously, the feud between De Niro and Trump, because De Niro, like you and me, Ben, like the Brigaders, we see him with clear with with clear eyes we listen to the words he says we see what he is doing and i just want to say you know he had this interview with rolling stones magazine and I, this basically sums up everything that we just spent the last 20 minutes talking about here's robert de niro's words and i'm a huge de niro fan he says all i know is this Trump brings out the worst in people. He is a monster. I didn't think that in the beginning when he was first elected. I thought maybe he'll straighten out. Now, this guy is beyond dangerous, and I just hope people can realize it. Once you go down that road, it won't be easy to come back. I was just at the White House for the Kennedy Center honors with Billy Crystal, and I got emotional. The bands were playing Christmas songs, and it was so upbeat. And I thought, this is what it has to be. Like, what's going on with this Trump stuff? This is crazy. This is Robert De Niro at his best. And we're talking about, a, I don't even know how many times he's won how many different awards. This is Robert De Niro saying, legitimately, everything that we're saying. How many times when people had asked me, how could you have worked for the guy, right, for so long? And so I tried to make the – I tried to distinguish the fact that when I worked for him, it was the real estate entertainment company as opposed to as president. 
It was a very different scenario. But we all said the same thing. When he became president-elect, we all expected, we all hoped that he would rise, rise to the level, the position of the president of the United States, to the office of the presidency. Rise instead of debasing it into this maggot dumpster of dog shit. And that's what he's done. And you know the bad part? He's taken so many people into that dumpster with him. That's why we're seeing the things that we're seeing today. It's why the polls are looking in certain respects. And you know I don't have a lot of faith or confidence in these polls. I think they're all bullshit. But the reason that there's as many supporters as there are, because they're all in the same dumpster with Donald. By the way, again, I, I don't like talking about polls either. But when the polls are favorable to President Biden, and there actually are a lot of polls favorable, especially when you get into the likely voters, but there are a lot of very favorable Biden polls. Legacy media never talks about those. And then when there's a negative poll about Donald Trump, it's somehow framed as the number being somehow helpful towards Donald Trump. And and that's what I said, too, about this uh, Colorado Supreme Court disqualification decision. I was like, look, spare me the takes about how the Colorado Supreme Court issuing a law and order um, ruling is is so beneficial to Donald Trump and that that's hurts President Biden. You know, I'm sick and tired of all of these really just dumb takes that that's the instinct of the media every single time. You know, Ben, it's really why political beatdown and all of the, you know, uh, like like mea culpa and all of the other podcasts and news, um, you know, podcasts on Midas Touch Network are thriving the way because we don't play that legacy media game where what they're looking to do is they're looking to create a new story in order to keep your eyeballs onto their station because it generates more revenue for them. So let me be clear about something. The other day when Trump was talking, and I think it was at Waterloo also, he talked about things that he was going to do. He was going to stop all immigration. He was going to stop relations with, what did he say? South America. He said Asia. He said Africa. Now, I said this on Katie Fang last night, who was sitting in for Ari Melber. I want you to stop for a second. And remember, Donald Trump just doesn't say shit willy-nilly. He says things because that's how he feels. It's what's on his mind. Let's break this down. Africa. Black people, when you talk about Asia, right? Asians, you're talking about South American, Latinos, and Hispanics. So when I see a poll that shows me that Blacks, Hispanics, Latinos, Asians are now siding with Donald Trump, I call bullshit. I call bullshit to the nth degree because. Why in the world would you now want a person in office who is fundamentally against your entire, entire person, your entire race, religion, creed, color? It is absolutely nonsensical. And it's why I even said I didn't call it out on bullshit yesterday, you know, with Katie. But 
I called it out for being nonsensical. And the fact that legacy media right now are promoting these 500-person polls that they already know the answer to before the poll even starts, right? Like, first of all, who's picking up their phone? First of all, who the fuck even has a phone today, right? Yeah, you have your cell phone, but I'm not even sure that they're allowed to call you on your cell phone for these polls. The whole thing is a bunch of bullshit. You would do better. You and I, Ben, would do better in a poll, and maybe we should do one, all right? Midas Touch poll, we'll do one, political beatdown poll, asking hmm. who would do you, who will you vote for in 2024? And here's the difference. You will get an entire range of people, millions of people, answering a poll in 24 hours. You could set the duration for 24 hours. You will know exactly percentage-wise where the country stands based upon that poll, better than this bullshit uh, that legacy media is spouting. It's nonsense. Well, look, if you, if, if you go back to Obama, Romney, at this same time, according to the media polls, Romney, you know, Romney led. Anyway, I don't, I don't want to go get, get, get caught up in the polls. Let, let, let's talk about the uh, Colorado Supreme Court decision. Let's talk about it first from the framework of what Donald Trump's been posting today. Donald Trump's been writing, I'm not an insurrectionist, peacefully, patriotically, crooked Joe Biden is. Donald Trump writes, Biden should drop all of these fake political indictments against me, both criminal and civil. Every case I am fighting is the work of the DOJ and White House. No such thing has ever happened in our country before. Banana uh, Republic election interference, like all in caps, like just like a total maniac. And the very fact that he thinks that President Biden has that power over the DOJ and state prosecutions, which Biden does not, should tell you everything about what Donald Trump in correctly and dictatorially views the role of the presidency. Donald Trump goes crooked. Joe Biden is a threat to democracy. And then he starts posting the photos of the four Colorado Supreme Court justices who, uh, ruled against him in the 4-3 decision, ordering that he be disqualified. And he reposts their pictures with statements like, communist thug Democrats dressed up as justices in Colorado, where's the crime? A group of kangaroo legal justice system thugs, and then shows their photo and says, Colorado Democrat activist judges election interference. Um, look, Donald Trump's receiving his due process, right? This case went before a trial judge. It went before the Colorado Supreme Court, and it will go before the United States Supreme Court. It will go at every level on this issue of the 14th Amendment, Section 3. 14th Amendment, Section 3 is very clear in what it says. Those who um, aid in an insurrection or who support the insurrection um, are ineligible to hold office. And Look, you know, Ben, this, I had this with Katie yesterday. There's so many of the pundits on legacy media, and everybody has an opinion, right, on you know what's going to happen, what should happen, you know, and so on. I'll be very honest with you. I'd rather beat the shit out of him at the polls. In that way, you know, these maggots, these 
folks that I always say have four teeth and three brain cells that they cannot start running through the streets screaming, Trump won, Trump would have won, Trump should have won. Now let's beat the shit out of him at the polls. This is so unprecedented. First of all, I don't think that the Supreme Court is going to have a decision on this, at least until the election anyway. That's just my opinion. And, you know, I, I don't like the courts making a determination who is going to be president of the United States under any circumstances. But Ben, you know what I love the most about this political beatdown? I love the fact that you and I, we disagree on things, but we are so on other issues, so in touch. Salty, if you have it, when you were talking about right there, when you were talking about where Biden should drop all of these fake, look at what I had done. I had posted this. This was like at three o'clock in the morning when I saw it and when I usually get up. How can you, the former president, be so out of touch with how the system works? A POTUS does not have the ability to start or stop indictments, state or federal. If you want to understand this, I discussed this on my Maya Culpa podcast, Blue Icon Background. Facts matter. I mean, how funny is that? We're saying the exact same. He has no clue how anything runs. He doesn't understand how the Justice Department runs. He doesn't understand the Constitution and what it stands for. He doesn't understand anything other than what he wants and always what he wants has to be a benefit to him. No Cohen, one else, you, just him. Cohen, question one. Do you believe that January 6th was an insurrection? 100%. Question 100%. two. Qu question two. Do you believe that Donald Trump supported, aided, or abetted that insurrection? 100%. I think he question, incited it, he aided it, and he abetted it. Question three. Do you believe that Donald Trump, when he held the office of the presidency, was an officer, do you believe the United States presidency is an office within the United States government? 100% absolutely. And do you believe that those who draft the Constitution um, meant the words that they say we should apply the common sense meaning to words in the Constitution? See, this is where I have an issue. I don't know what the drafters of the Constitution were thinking and the interpretation of it, where I think that we find ourselves in some sort of a different situation here is, again, whether or not it requires somebody to be convicted of incitement, um, you know, or uh, Article um, 3 of the 14th Amendment, insurrection, or is it that you can just make the claim that there's somebody that was involved in an insurrection. You see, while I agree with you 100%, he incited it, he engaged in it, um, he promoted it. The part I don't know is whether or not the framers of the Constitution were referring to somebody being actually charged with it, or is it just somebody saying it? Because there are people, many people in this country, the maggots, as an example, that will turn around and tell you, I don't think Donald Trump incited it, nor do I consider it to be an insurrection. So whose opinion in this specific case matters? That's why I say this is a very, very 
novel issue, one that has never been discussed, talked about, never should have been, where you have a president that is actually being accused of yep. such a crime, such an act. I would and, love and, to get the and, shit out of him at the polls more so than to have a Supreme Court make a determination. Sure, but this is uh, only a controversial issue now, I think, because the MAGA Republicans have rallied around the insurrection. I think in a normal time, you'd have Republicans and Democrats all say what happened on January 6th was a disgrace, was an insurrection, and we would all just apply a common sense meeting, and the Republicans would not be all in on saying this was a peaceful day and what a great day it was for our nation's history. That's where the Republican Party has taken over by MAGA is. So now it becomes this issue. So now it becomes an issue about whether it's self-enforcing because right. they want the lead insurrectionist to, to to run the show. But I mean, just to me, Michael Cohen, you know, and as most constitutional scholars interpret it, that it's a self-enforcing statute because if the framers wanted to use something like you have to be convicted, they would say there's language where they talk about convictions in the Constitution. And here yep. it doesn't say any of that. And here it basically says if you engage in insurrection, you're disqualified. So the question of who decides it, well, a court decides it. The Secretary of State decides it first. Then the court hears the challenge. Then it goes to the state's highest court. And then it goes to me, to the, to the Supreme Court. But to me, it's not on the constitutional framers about why this is controversial. To me, it's because the one of our two major political parties said we're all in on fascism and we're all in on the insurrectionists. Right. And they now claim the insurrection is some credible political speech, which it's not. And that to me is to, more- The goal is to retain power, plain and simple. And I told everybody at that House Oversight Committee hearing, Yep. My biggest fear is in 2020, if Donald Trump loses the election, there will never be a peaceful transfer of power. And it's so funny how the Republicans have this idea on peaceful transfer of power. I mean, they didn't say a word when Al Gore turned around and capitulated to Bush, right? Uh, and so on. He didn't fight it. He capitulated. He he congratulated him. He did the honorable thing. Trump got his ass handed to him in the past election. And instead of owning your loss, instead of congratulating, congratulating Joe Biden, well, how could he congratulate Joe Biden? Joe Biden's a loser. He's a winner. Uh, you know, and so now the next four years, the big lie just keeps promoting and being regurgitated. Nobody trusts the system government. Nobody trusts polling. Nobody trusts the poll machines. You got space lasers changing, you know, the the votes and so on. The the just the nonsense that's coming out of this GOP. And yet people are still funding them. They're still yep. supporting them. This is the part that I scratch my head and I just say, I don't get it. Well, look, you know, uh, you know, the, these mean posts by Donald Trump, the threatening posts against the, the Colorado Supreme Court justices, for example, when he attacks these MAGA Republicans in the House of Representatives, they care about their jobs in the House so much and they mm -hmm. believe they've bought into the lie that Donald Trump is their path to power. When in fact, Donald Trump has just demonstrated other than the 2016 election, he's which he lost the popular vote he loses every he's he's a yep. loser 
yet they buy into this propaganda that he's a winner and they therefore actually cede the power that they could truly have. Like Kevin McCarthy, if he stood up to Trump, actually could have been the most powerful speaker of the House yep. in American history, cut deals, been remembered as a as a hero, but yep. now he's remembered as a zero because and, of Donald Trump. And and, 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 and that Ben, you know who else? Who? You, you know who else fits that exact same mold? Rudy Colludi, drunken Giuliani, the guy who was considered to be America's mayor, the guy that cleaned up the New York City, right? The guy who was a former Southern District of New York, right? Head of the criminal division, you know, took care of the mafia, right? This guy who had Giuliani partners that made over a hundred million dollars in terms of contracts worldwide. This idiot and a half, right, goes ahead and, right, and he follows Trump right where I told you, right to the fucking dumpster of Donald. And look at him now. And look today, at him now, the laughing stock of the world with the shit pouring down the side of his face in the uh, Four Seasons landscaping parking lot outside of a morgue and a, um, you know, and a porn shop. And declaring Chapter 11 bankruptcy today. And here's a statement by, I guess, someone who refers to themselves as a political advisor to Rudy Giuliani. I'm not even sure how you become an advisor if you don't get paid. But anyway, it says the filing should be a surprise to no one, referring to the bankruptcy. No person could have reasonably believed that Mayor Rudy Giuliani would be able to pay such a high punitive damage amount. Chapter 11 will afford Giuliani the opportunity and time to pursue an appeal while providing transparency for his finances under the supervision of the bankruptcy court to ensure all creditors are treated equally and fairly throughout the process. And that's from Ted Goodman. The only thing I really read in there is delay, delay. But even a statement like this is filled with kind of like so many lies. It goes, um, no one, no person reasonably could have believed that Giuliani would be able to pay such a high punitive damage amount. Let's be clear. The punitive damage amount was basically equal to the compensatory damage amount. So, uh, you know, even though that was $75 million, when you add up the two $20 million, the two $16 million economic damages and two $20 million emotional distress damages. So he was able to, you're saying he was able to pay the other $70 million. You know, again, it's like, why, why even posture this way? And then it goes on to say that he'll pursue an appeal while the bankruptcy court provides transparency for his finances. Look, folks, this is a non-dischargeable debt. It is an intentional tort there is in bankruptcy a process called an adversarial proceeding where Giuliani will list his assets and he'll list his debts. He listed 500, up to $500 million in debts, up to $10 million in assets. The next thing that Shea Moss and Ruby Freeman will file is a petition for an adversary proceeding to separate their claims from dischargeable debt. A court will look at it. It'll be easy to find because yeah. there was a finding that Giuliani acted with malice and fraud and intent, which is non-dischargeable under the bankruptcy code. So then it'll just go to this adversarial proceeding. It'll slightly delay the collection of Giuliani from Giuliani. Um, of course, because, you know, Ben, that presumes that anything was ever collectible in the first place. You know, with these chapter 11s, the reason why he filed for it, of course, is because you have to put forth a plan and the plan goes to the, you know, to the judge 
uh, that will be supervising or the receiver who's supervising all of the uh, assets in this specific case. What does Rudy Giuliani own? Well, he, we know that he has a co-op here in Manhattan. It's on the market for, I think, $6.8 million. And so far, in, you know, it's a, it's a no-bite. Um, then he also, I understand, has a home uh, somewhere in Florida. That creates a whole different sort of scenario, too, simply because of the Homestead Act. But I don't believe that Rudy Giuliani is a Miami resident. Uh, and certainly now, he couldn't file that anyway. The question then, of course, becomes, does he have mortgages on either of these two properties? I would suspect the answer is yes. On top of that, we all know that he owes money to his ex-wife. Uh, I think that his third wife, um, which he still has not paid. Uh, I also believe that she may have been on uh, the co-op here in Manhattan. That creates a whole nother issue for the $148 million judgment, because obviously he only owns part of that property. So there's so much here. Rudy has no assets. Uh, what they'll do is they'll start to like collect his New York Yankees um, championship ring that he was given by Steinbrenner. You know, that thing's got a value to it, maybe $25,000, Let's get crazy, say, to a real fan because it was Rudy's. Maybe it's worth fifty, dollars right? Um, okay, hand it over, son of a gun, right? If he owns his car, right, say goodbye to that. You know, obviously, they're not going to take your personal effects like your suits or your shoes or your underwear, but all, any art that he may have, that's all going to be disclosed as part of the plan, and it will ultimately get chopped up. It'll get sold off, and whatever that number is, the numerator, will get divided by the denominator, which is obviously a whole lot more than, <laughs> than the numerator. And um, Rudy will probably be at the door, like in the old odd couple of Donald knocking on the door, asking for a place to stay, you know, from his old pal, uh, Walter Matthau, right? I mean, it's just, the whole thing is so crazy. In the golden years of this guy's life, after having such a, you know, a significant career to be busted, broke, you know, but just be looked at as a total fraud loser and a jerk off. I don't know. For that, Rudy... You get the two-finger salute because I fucking warned you, you idiot and a half, right? Fuck you for not listening to me. Fuck you for not coming clean instead of standing there like the troll that you are next to Trump at the various clubs with that stupid fucking smile on your face, going after everybody as if you were Donald's protector. And here's why you're an idiot, Rudy. You're an idiot simply because... Donald would never do the same for you. How did that fundraiser go, right? Big fucking flop, right? See if you show up to Mar-a-Lago now asking for credit on a fucking burger and a fries. The answer, no. That's what Donald will do. He's going to kick your ass to the curb now. Maybe you could go running off to the Bernie Kerricks of the world, right? Or somebody else that you think may support you. But it ain't going to be Donald. Idiot.
Well, we'll finish on that two-finger salute. Want to remind everyone about patreon.com slash political beatdown. We don't have outside investors here at the Midas Touch Network or on political beatdown. The way we build this is through our pro-democracy sponsors, through our Patreon, patreon.com slash political beatdown. We are not doing the after show today as we approach the holiday, so just want to let everybody know that, but it's a good time to catch up. There's like two days worth of exclusive podcast content if you go through a, a, a lot of that content i mean there's so much content on there keep sending me questions i'm up at 2 33 o'clock in the morning as you'll see from even like this morning i answered like 30 35 people uh so you know keep checking out and check out mea culpa with the blue icon the, blue, the one that's, that's affiliated red. to the midas touch network Check there that out and make sure you subscribe also to the Political Beatdown Audio, the Mea Culpa Audio. Subscribe right now to our YouTube channel. Everybody, thank you so much for watching Political Beatdown. See you next nope, time. Nope. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. Boom.